This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Summer's officially here. The kids are out of school. The weather's warmer, so it's time to bring out some great summer recipes. We want you to ditch the drive through today as we focus on those quick and tasty meals that are family-friendly and easy to prepare during the long dog days of summer. From light salads to delicious barbecue hot off the grill, we're going to talk about it all today. And we always want your comments and experiences as well. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. or you can email the show. It's food at mpbonline.org. <clears throat> so good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Oh, my gosh, Kevin. I am doing so extremely well. So for everybody who's listening, I just want you to know that I just told Kevin that he has a wife for life. I just decided <laughs> that I'm going to hit him upside the head, and we're getting married today. It's it's official, Kevin. This cake is amazing. Thank you. That's the uh, Tre Leche cake. Yes, that's Tre Life Wife cake. <laughs> <laughs> so... um which means three milk in Spanish. Uh, and I don't remember the first time I ever uh, had this. I think it might have been at an office party or something. But it's, it's really good because you, um, you, it's a yellow cake, but then you take um, sweetened condensed milk, milk, and whipping cream, mix that together. After the cake comes out of the oven, you poke holes in it. And so then you pour the milk mixture over the cake and refrigerate it overnight. And then the, it's absorbed into the cake. And then uh, I put the fluffy white icing on the top there. But it's, I mean, it's so moist, you can still see some of the, the liquid at the bottom of the pan. So, you know, it's always <laughs> been said the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. But I'm here to tell everybody the way to get a wife is to cook this cake. I think Java <laughs> should officiate a wedding right now. Let's make it happen. It's, this is just amazing, Kevin. Thank you so much for bringing this in this morning. It made my morning. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, we're talking summer food today. And, what you brought in certainly could be a great summertime treat, and it, it excuse me for chewing, <laughs> but it really demonstrates to me how creative you can be in the kitchen, because this is something that a lot of people think of that enjoy, you know, a chili dog, but you've turned it into a casserole. So tell us a little bit of how you did it. It's a chili dog casserole. Oh, my gosh, Kevin. So, you know, it's the whole thing of being able to have a, a family outing and a picnic is you know, trying to minimize all the things you got to carry and what you got to do. And everybody loves chili dogs. And so instead of having the buns and the chili and the dogs all separate, we just created a wonderful casserole. It's really simple. You just take your, uh, you know, your hot dog buns and you cut them in half, Kevin. And you're going to take the bottom parts of your uh, hot dog buns and you're going to press the layer of the bottom of your casserole dish. And you can even, you know, go up the sides of your casserole dish with this bread. And then you layer it with cheese and your hot dogs and your chili. And you just com continue to create these layers. And then when you get to the final layer on top, uh, well, you're going to bake it for about 20 minutes. Then you pull it back out and then you take the final layer and you put your hot dog buns on top, brush on just a tiny bit of butter so they'll toast up really nice. And voila, you've got chili dogs on the go. It's fantastic. It's a great way to feed a whole lot of people from one dish. And um, and it's just really kind of carefree because, you know, now I don't have to worry about, again, having all those different parts 
while I'm out enjoying the holiday or, you know, picnic or whatever I'm doing with my children. It's really good. And I, I, is there a little bit of brown sugar in there somewhere? Brown sugar, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Always, Kevin. It's just, a, you know, in, it's a homemade chili. So it's a, just a tiny bit of brown sugar. Uh, of course, you know, I used a you know, little barbecue sauce, ketchup, and all the things that we use at home domestically to make, uh, you know, our homemade chili. But just a little bit of brown sugar to offset the uh, tartness from the barbecue sauce and the ketchup. <clears throat> but again, you know, this is a, it's a fun thing. I would think that. You could get your kids involved in doing this. They might have fun trying to help put it together. Um, and also, to me, uh, turkey dogs or hot dogs made with things other than beef or pork, you know, maybe veggie dogs and, and turkey dogs, are one of the, the truer tasting things. A lot of times, you know, vegetable things or turkey things don't quite taste the same, but hot dogs do, so this would be a good way to maybe lower the calorie level just a little bit and use a turkey dog. Oh, absolutely. You can use your chicken dog, Kevin. I really think that this would really work well, too, with a, a veggie dog uh, or a tofu dog. You know, just make sure that, you you know, it's something that's really seasoned extremely well. And then you can, you know, people who use ground t- tofu and other meat substitutes. I think this is just it's just a nice, fun dish, Kevin. Uh, and of course, you can layer it with as many vegetables as you want. You know, there are tomatoes in here. There are. Um, there are beings in this dish. So whatever you want to satisfy you and your family, I think, it, you know, it's great. But this morning I woke up and I was feeling very whimsical and creative. And so I thought it was a perfect combination. So I'm going to be talking about <clears throat> quick summer meals this morning. So if you have um, something that you like to go to, maybe on the grill or in the kitchen when it turns warm in the summertime, uh, let us know. Uh, or maybe a memory from growing up, something that y'all, your family used to do during the summertime. As far as eating goes, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. You know, the other thing, though, <clears throat> I guess summertime is a, tend to be a lot busier. Maybe kids are out of school, so they've got a lot of activities going on. Um, parents, you know, working parents come and go, that sort of thing. Maybe not uh, always time to sit down and enjoy a family meal. I know in our, and I guess maybe as an older generation, it was a little bit more normal, well, not normal, um, practiced or whatever. But, you know, I know my family sat down for the family meal all the time. Was that the same case when you were growing up? Absolutely, Kevin. But speaking of kids really quickly, I just want to say good morning to an adorable four-year-old that I met this weekend, Kevin. I had this beautiful little superstar child. She walks into the building. She's got these sunglasses on. She's got all this attitude. She's walking like she's hand, hand, uh, owning the building. And she just comes up to me and she hugs me. So, Kaylee, good morning to you this morning. Thank you so much. But, yes, Kevin, growing up, um, it was a practice, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My mom wanted to make sure that her family was consistently together. It was a great way for, you know, my dad to check on us to make sure the kids were fine. And I think that that, you know, was kind of, uh, especially here in the South, a, a core value to how, you know, family living uh, was practiced. It's sitting down at some meal during the day, even if you couldn't do all three meals. You sit down together as a family and you have conversation. We didn't have cell phones. Uh, normally in the dining room, there was not a television because, you know, you know, we had all these places where things belonged. The television was in the living room. So in the dining area, it was quiet and you talked and you ate dinner and 
and I hated it because I was the dishwasher, so everybody else would get up from the table, and I had to do all the cleaning. We used to um, divide up the chores. I don't. I, I know dishwasher was one of them. I can't remember what. It might have been clear the table, do the dish. You know, although fortunately, most of the time when I was growing up, we did have a, a dishwasher. You know, machine. So. Well, that was my nickname at home. Seriously, <laughs> that my my brothers would call me Maytag, and they thought it was really funny. Um, but on the other hand, you know, because my parents really wanted to teach us, you know, very traditional roles. So I learned how to do all the stuff in the house. My brothers would have to cut the grass and take out the garbage. So it was really funny when it would rain on Wednesdays and they had to take out the garbage. And so it was like nature has perfect revenge. Right? Karma there, yes, exactly. exactly right. <clears throat> But, you know, again, summertime might be a time, even though folks are busy, families get going, a lot of things going on, to maybe pick out one or two nights a week where you make it a point that everybody does get together at the the dinner table. You can think of something fun and light to do, and that way people can just check up on each other, make sure, you know, see how things are going. Uh, So if you have any suggestions, if that's something that you like to do during the summertime, you can give us a call because the phone lines are now open. The number is one 877 MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more of the program after this first break. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Well, now that summer is here, it's time to start thinking about meals to cook during the summertime. If you have a favorite summertime meal that you'd like to uh, share with us, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. Maybe you have some memories of summertime food from growing up. If you uh, want to share that with us, we'd like to hear that as well. So uh, we talked about people being busy, not just kids doing activities because school's out, um, but parents are always busy as well. And I think one of the uh, the things that makes things a little bit easier uh, is the crock pot. So uh, tell us about that, and what do you think the the crock pots are are, are best used for? Oh my gosh, you know the crock pot is incredible, Kevin, because this is a way for a busy mom and you know to. Start something if she's going to be out, you know, all day for her kids. Anything from spaghetti to barbecue to desserts, everything can happen in your crock pot. And they come in so many wonderful sizes. Like recently, I bought a teeny tiny crock pot, cost about nine bucks from these really huge, ginormous crock pots, 96 uh, uh, gallon crock pots that you can cook a whole cow in. (laughs) It's just really crazy. So, you know, they are really fantastic things to have around the house. But, you know, for me, it's like during the summertime, what you really want to do is you want to give the kids a chance to stay active and get involved in the kitchen. And this is fun thing from your tiny tots all the way up to your teenager's to just keep them involved. One of the things that I love for, especially for the little children, Kevin, is, you know, little bitty things like teaching them how to make fruit skewers, you know, taking their, it's a great way to get them to eat things that they normally, you know, would say no to, uh, taking your skewer and creating little designs, whether they're little animals or whatever, 
uh, using your uh, grapes and strawberries and blueberries and bananas and pineapples. And then, you know, even turning them into popsicles by simply uh, putting them on a tray and freezing them. The kids, you know, are in and out of the house the whole summer. My mom would scream the whole summer, if you don't close my door, letting the good <laughs> air out, you know. And so, it, you know, the kids, and it's going to be hot this summer, you know. So they're out at the pool or, you know, with all of their, you know, sports activities. And they come in and they're thirsty, they're hungry, and they are little gremlins. And so you want to make sure that they have wonderful treats that they can enjoy and and then really something that they put their own hands on. And I think, too, that way uh, it's something that a little creativity involved. They get, you know, it's not put put one grape followed by one piece of banana followed by one apple slice. You just give them the skewers and, you know, some cut up fruit. And that way uh, they let their own creativity and imagination take over. And I think, again, they'll feel a bit more special that they they did it. It was something that they made for themselves. Uh, one other thing that's interesting, I've never tried this, but I've always heard that frozen grapes are really good. So that might be a, a great oh snack for gosh. the summertime. Frozen grapes are really, really delicious, uh, Kevin. And so are frozen blueberries. And one of the things uh, that you can do, you know, in, in terms of making fresh uh, popsicle cups for your children, because we used to make them out of Kool-Aid growing up, but you can take your fresh juices, like your grape juice, white grape juice is something that I try to keep around the house, your orange juice, uh, pour them in the little plastic cups, you know, put some fruit in there and freeze it. And as, you know, they start to freeze, you add your little sticks in or you can just buy the popsicle trays. It works out really well. Uh, it, one of the fun things that I really loved during the summertime is my grandmother would allow us to make to churn the homemade ice cream. So instead of buying the electric uh, churner, go ahead and buy one of the wood cranks. You'd be surprised. Little kids really get excited. It's a great way to get a little workout in some wonderful ice cream at the end of the deal as well. Um, and yeah, that's a, we've got a caller on the line. So why don't we start off by going down to the Gulf coast? Lena has called in today. Good morning, Lena. You're on the air. Hey, Lena. Good morning. Go ahead. Um, one of the recipes from my childhood was with ripe tomatoes. My mother would make a stuffed tomato. She would take ground beef and ground ham and mix it with the vegetables. And then, uh, all the insides of the tomato, she would incorporate in her dressing. And then put it in the put it in the tomato uh, tomato cups, uh, and then maybe put a little breadcrumbs or cracker crumbs or even the top of the tomato on top of the tomato and put it in the oven for a while. That that's always a wonderful treat, you know. It's and it's a great way, uh, Lena, to get the kids to eat fresh vegetables. Because when you know when we were growing up, and I'm sure this probably was maybe your experience as well. It wasn't unusual to have a garden, or your neighbor would have a garden. So to go out and have the kids to pick, you know, their own tomatoes and get their own cucumbers or whatever, and then come in and make those fantastic dishes is absolutely wonderful. Well, we have a, a nice. Um a nice thing here uh, close to the coast is uh, Charlie's You Pick. Okay. Where you can go and pick vegetables, and you uh, they charge you by the pound. Or you bring your five-gallon five bucket, and they charge you. It used to be $10. It might be 11 or 12 now. And that would be a very excellent outing for children because they have so many uh, peppers, eggplants, cucumbers, peas, tomatoes, all at our fingertips. All, all right. we have to do is just show up. Hey, Lena, thanks for the call. You know, that's uh, I, I think that is a kind of a, a good thing for kids and outing. Again, you know, we're always talking about adults as well, always trying to do something that you get a little activity, you get some steps, you get out and walking, that sort of thing. So that would be fun, be a family activity. But then again, you can begin to teach kids about 
you know, how how the food is made and that it's just not necessarily at at the grocery store that, you know, someone is out there growing that. So it's a it's a great opportunity to get some fresh food, uh, to, you know, have some fun family outing uh, outdoors, but also, again, to kind of let kids begin to understand where some of the food they're eating is coming from. And the earlier, Kevin, you start your children having those experiences, the more they'll appreciate it. You know, you can't wait until a kid is 19 and say, oh, you know, we're going <laughs> to that's going to be interesting. But to be able to take your little ones out and they want to pull things and they want to touch things and they're curious about everything. I think it's a wonderful experience. And the fact that Lena lives in the coastal area, it's beautiful down there this time of year to be able to have a place like Charlie's to go to and, you know, to, or to even get out and go fishing early in the morning or late in the evening, catch some fish. Uh, it, you know, it's something that kids really want to be involved in. And it does teach them about food ways and, you know, that it just doesn't, like you said, come from a, it's not a chip sticks out of the you know grocery store, you know. And I'll say, too, that uh, I think sometimes adults get a little self-conscious uh, about things and, to me, that sounds like that would be fun, even if you're, you know, five or 55. Um, I, I, so I think, you know, uh, when doing some things in the summertime, just kind of don't worry about it. I remember there's a, a museum in St. Louis called City Museum, and it's got a lot of fun things to do, jungle gyms, slides, and that sort of thing. And the, I went there with some friends of mine when we were on a trip there once. And when I first got there, there were a lot of kids climbing through the monkey bars and that sort of thing. And when you first do it, you're like, you feel a little bit self-conscious. But then I said, <laughs> once you... Get over that. You know, who didn't love a swing or jungle, or jungle gym when you were a kid? So I think sometimes we can relive these experiences if you'll just let yourself go. I'm going to relax a little bit. And adults can certainly have fun at a pick em place uh, with blueberries or tomatoes or, you know, fruit or vegetables just as much as a kid could. You're talking about letting things go. So for those parents who take their children to Chuck E. Cheese and you're trying to figure out why they no longer have the balls in Chuck E. Cheese, it's my fault. <laughs> so, you know, they have a height limit that they tell you not to get into the balls. And for some reason, I always think that they would never see me, Kevin. <laughs> and so here's this woman that's 5'11". You got these tiny kids and I'm trying to hide in the balls. And it was just so much fun. You're, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, adults uh, tend to get you know, a better quality of life when you don't take yourself all the way so serious all the time and to just relax and take it. And you know what I found out about my own self is I get in a lot of trouble when I take myself too seriously, because then you make decisions out of what you think is, you know, inevitably danger instead of just having fun and enjoying your whole life. And your kids need to see you do that. They need to see you laugh and, and have a good time. And being in a kitchen is a great way to let them know it's okay to get a little messy you know, to create, use your creativity and find a lot of love and magic right in their own kitchen. Uh, one thing I want to throw out, you mentioned fruit juice uh, before, and I love orange juice and uh, the white grape juice that you mentioned as well. But one thing, every time I look at, you know, healthy and cutting calories, they say that juice is a no-no because it has so much sugar in it and it's got a lot of calories. Well, at least for orange juice, I found something that Tropicana makes it. It's called Trop 50. It's half half the calories of regular orange juice, less sugar or whatever. But to me, it tastes just the same. So there are alternatives out there. Also, when I was drinking apple juice, I found some uh, light apple juice as well. So the flavor is still there, and, and you can save on uh, on some of the calorie intake. So uh, because, I, you know, I think that that's, like I said, a glass of orange juice in the morning. I think that's kind of – I'm not a coffee drinker, so that would be one of my go-to uh, m- go-to drinks in the morning. You mean coffee is not fruit juice, Kevin? Get <laughs> out of here. I didn't know. But listen, you're talking about watching calories and being concerned about your health. This is a great way to just move even into a healthier state instead of just buying that juice that's in 
the you know the the freezer section or whatever go ahead and get some fresh oranges some fresh grape juice i mean grapefruit you know and squeeze your own juices uh, you know, the little kids like the idea of taking their hands and being able to roll out the fruit, Kevin. <clears throat> and if you roll it out well enough, you can just punch a little hole in it, put a straw in it. Kids think that's really cool. I'm grown up. I think it's really cool. <laughs> uh, so it's a great way to avoid all the extra sugar that you're worried about. You know, watermelon is also a great resource for that summer drink that you want and you want to stay away from the carbonated waters. Uh, to be able to take your uh, fresh watermelon juice, add in a little fresh mint, Kevin, and it's just fantastic. The same thing with your waters, being able to take your waters, add fruit in it, uh, you know, and put it where your kids can reach it. They'll drink more water, and then they're getting all of the essentials from, you know, your mint leaves, your basil and lemons and all those kind of things that will help to keep your system purified. You know, one of the things I like to make in the summertime is sorbet, which is basically fruit juice and sugar. I've got an ice cream maker that makes it. But when I make the watermelon sorbet, I pretty much – you get all the juice out of the watermelon that you can, but then I usually will strain the pulp and kind of mash it all together. And, boy, to get that concentrated uh, watermelon juice, if you like the taste of watermelon, that's something that you need to do because it's really, really intense flavors. So that's uh, something. And, like I say, it comes through uh, very well in in the sorbet as well. I like that one too, Kevin. And pineapples give you that same intensity because it's naturally sweet. you got the natural sugars in there. And then, like you said, you can have the pulp in there. It's a great way to make smoothies. You can put them in the refrigerator and chill them out really good. It's just nice, cool summer treats. Uh, We're talking summer food this morning on Deep South Dining and looking for your input as we do each Monday morning. The phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. We have an email here from Debbie in Jackson who has a recipe that she wants to share with us. It's her favorite way to prepare summer squash. So it's called taco squash. Uh, there is uh, a tablespoon of butter or olive oil, a three to four small yellow squash chopped or sliced into half moons, some red bell pepper chopped, uh, half a red onion chopped, and one or two teaspoons of taco seasoning mix. Mm. So you heat the butter in the skillet, add the vegetables, stir to coat with butter, and let simmer until the squash just starts to brown. Then sprinkle lightly with the taco seasoning, stir and cook until vegetables are soft, and then you could stir in some parsley or cilantro for a little bit of added flavor and color. And I would say that you could almost make a little vegetable taco out of that. If I mean, you know, actually wrap it in a, a soft-shelled taco uh, or uh, some sort of tortilla uh, that would do well. And Debbie also says that you can uh, substitute your favorite seasoning uh, for other or other seasoning for taco seasoning if you'd like to. So that sounds like a, a simple way to enjoy, again, one of my favorite uh, vegetables of the summer, that uh, that summer oh, squash. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. So you're a soft-shell kind of guy. I would even be tempted to put that in a nice, crunchy shell because your your brain is always looking for that extra bite to satisfy your hunger and your cravings. And for those people who are looking you know, to, to lose weight during the summertime, um, simply by adding something with a little extra crunch, you can replace your meat and your brain and your heart is still just as satisfied. Another thing that I like in the summertime uh, that I uh, tried to fix this weekend is uh, chicken salad. Oh. So I found a chicken salad recipe online. Uh, I have not tasted it yet. I just made it yesterday, and they say, you know, let it sit overnight for all the flavors to mix together. But uh, it was chicken breast that you pounded out, and I was very proud of myself. I actually butterflied a chicken breast. Oh, and it say it again, Kevin. So, 
took the uh, the mallet, and you know that's always fun when you get to pound it out. So flattened out some uh, chicken breasts, seasoned them up, uh, simmered it for about uh, ten fifteen minutes in some chicken broth, uh, and then um, used my um, uh, food processor to shred the chicken. So I added that. I had some. Um, it said onions, so I thought something different. So I put some green onions in there, some celery. Uh, mayonnaise, of course, uh, and then some seasoning. And, and so I uh, relish, and I've mixed it all up. And again, it's it's waiting in the refrigerator uh, for me to try, but it, it was a lot of fun making it. And I was surprised how well the um, food processor shredded up the chicken because that, to me, is the hard part. You know, I've done it with the forks before, yeah, uh, and that works, but that's that's very labor-intensive. So, yeah. uh, so I'll have to report next Monday on, on how the chicken salad turned out. So, you know, with using the, the food processor for me, Kevin, I don't really like my chicken salad to look like tuna. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be really careful not to thin it out too much. I, I kind of favor using the fork because I want that coarseness in my chicken but you're absolutely right it's a wonderful way to keep it nice and and simple and then you were talking about pounding out your chicken you know it's a it's a great way again to get your little ones involved put some gloves on their little hands give them the mallet and let them pound out the chicken it's a great way to keep their attention and get some of their you know energy and stress levels down and just let them pound it out it's just it's a lot of fun to have your babies in the kitchen with you and enjoying, you know, your summertime with your kids without having to worry about a lot of times, you know, moms are worried about I can't take my kids to Disneyland. You know, I can't really take them on vacation. I'm working parent. You know, what do I do? Well, kitchen is a great place to have that summertime, create those memories, you know, and you can uh, then take your food outside and, you know, do your little tents and have your, your, your vacation right there at your own home. And I will say, too, that uh, that was an easy way to do the chicken breast. Let's say if you, you butterfly them out first and then pound them out, they get so thin that they're going to easily cook. You could then at that coat them and maybe do a, a quick fry or a broil or any kind of thing like that. So, I'm and so plus proud it's, of you. It's just so, I mean, <laughs> that one little chicken breast, when you get it all pounded out and everything, it's like that thing is massive. So. Uh, We need to take another break. When we get back, we've got some open phone lines. We're talking about summertime favorite foods this morning. We want to hear from you uh, what you enjoy fixing and eating in the summertime. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. You can call us at 1-877-672-7464 or send an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're looking for your input this morning as we talk about things to cook during the summertime. Give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. We were talking before the break about the chicken salad I made, and I mentioned that I used uh, uh, um, green onions instead of uh, a chopped onion just for a little bit of a you know a little ch- a change up there. But, boy, they uh, – they had the biggest green onions I've ever seen. Normally, when I think about a green onion, it's it's like even, you know, thinner than a pencil almost. But right. this was more like, you remember the old, what do they call it, the number one pencil, the one that the little kids use? Yeah. It, this was a big, thick, 
uh, green onion. So it, you, I had to make sure to really slice it thinly because I'm thinking, you know, you don't want to have too large of a, a chunk of something in a, in a chicken salad like that. But I was impressed by the, the size of the uh, of the green onions. Usually, you know, and they do come in different varieties. And sometimes people get chives and green onions, you know, mixed up with their first cousins. They're all in the same family. But usually when I buy the really large uh, circular uh, green onions, Kevin, they make really uh, great garnishing, you know, for presentations of something. And the smaller ones work well, you know, where you're adding them into your dressing or your chicken salad or potato salad or whatever you're using it for. So absolutely. Also, though, I'm, I'm going to start an organization to uh, the the green part of the green onion. It seems to because in the Blue Apron recipes, it's a lot of times it's like, you know, chop it all the way off till you get to the green stuff. And then you put that in your recipe and then it's just for you just use the green for garnish. And it's like it seems like the green onion Part the green onion part the green part of the green onion needs to be better respected. So I'm going to start an, <laughs> an internet campaign. I think. Also, you know, we talked on the uh, during the break, uh, and I said that I needed a couple of stalks of celery from the chicken salad, and I ended up having to buy a whole big package of chicken of of, of uh, celery. And you had a good point, and uh, this is something. If uh, our friend Kathleen is listening, we'll uh, we'll strike a bell with her because she likes to do that. But you know, chop it up and put it in the freezer. So you make some soup, maybe the next time I make some chicken salad, something you've got it there. So don't necessarily let it go to waste or sit in the refrigerator and go bad. Do something with it and maybe put it in the freezer for future use. Absolutely. Something as simple as, you know, taking your celery and dropping it into your food processor, Kevin, so that you get almost, you know, a very minced uh, product and then putting it in a Ziploc bag, making sure you, you date it. But then it, you, you've got, you know, perfect, you know, for your soups or whatever that you're going to prepare or chop them very finely. You can add in a little bit of chicken broth into the bag opposed to adding water. And so then when you're getting ready to make your dressing, you've already got something available so you don't have to worry about going out. And, and it was what you said, uh, you know, especially being single, you you tend to buy sometimes things that uh, you don't want to waste them, but then you're trying to figure out what to do. And so it's being able to simply take those products and repurpose them for later. Uh, Kathleen always talks about using an ice tray, you know, which is fantastic to have. I find that plastic bags work really well because I'm trying to make sure that I'm reserving as much space in my refrigerator as I possibly can. But you can do that with almost any fresh vegetable, Kevin, that you have. The same thing with your seasoning. You were talking about that. You buy seasonings and then, you know, you put it in the back of your cabinet and then you go to the grocery store and you buy some more. And then, <laughs> you know, six months later you go, you know, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Well, one of the things that I do, Kevin, is I bought a... Um, a cookie jar, you know, the or the counter jars, and I simply, after a few weeks, I just dump all of the seasonings in there together, put the lid on. It makes for great rubs for your chicken, uh, for your ribs, uh, you know, for your pork chops and steaks, because you don't want to, you don't want to throw money away. So you just put it, so for instance, if you bought cumin and garlic and onion powder and all those things, and you don't want to just waste that stuff, just Put it in a big container, stir it up, and you make your own fantastic rubs right there at home. And that way when someone tastes it, oh, that tastes so good, what's in there? You can, you can always just say, I'm not sure. You can always <laughs> say, this is Chef Kevin, you know? <laughs> uh, but that's a good idea. I, never, I never had not thought about that, but that you know, that's a good way to, as you say, repurpose some things and, again, create your own uh, unique rubs and, and, uh, and, and, and do it that way. Uh, we've got some open phone lines looking for your input this morning. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven 
672-7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. You know, something I think we mentioned in previous shows, again, <clears throat> a single person, you know, you don't eat four chicken breasts at one time, but obviously most Speak of the time. Speak for yourself. Well, <laughs> when, you, uh, when you go to the grocery store, that's usually the way you get them. So I always like to, as soon as I get home from the grocery store, open the chicken, the, the pork chops, whatever, and again, using sandwich bags, you know, Separate them out for one portion each. Put those in the freezer, and that way uh, you don't have to worry about, oh, gosh, I've thawed all of the blank, and now I've got to eat it for the rest of the week. The other thing I've even noticed that I like to do is um, uh, spaghetti sauce because, again, I you know eat spaghetti but not a whole lot, and you get a jar of that stuff. And, again, it just seems to you use it once, and then by the next time you want to you know, uh, eat, eat spaghetti again, it's not there. So I've done the same thing where you put maybe a quarter cup, half a cup, in a sandwich baggie, put it in the in the freezer, and then pull back out, and then heat it up in a in on the saucepan on the on the stove, and it it works fine. You know, and these also can translate into great lessons for your children too, Kevin, uh, during the summer because you can talk to them about economics because you want to keep their minds in tune for getting ready back for school in the falls, and you can talk to them. Uh, you know, about the importance of being able to value and reserve your money. Because if you're taking, if you're buying something and you're throwing away, of course, you know, you talk about subtraction and you're losing money and you talk about economic down, you know, falls opposed to being able to reserve your money, saving things and how you win at the end of the day. There are so many fantastic lessons to teach your uh, family and life lessons. And I constantly say that everything that you want to know about life, you can learn it in your kitchen from managing your money, from being a good steward, uh, building great relationships, choosing friends, uh, you know, even how to even better respect yourself because you have to learn how to respect food. You know, this is not just something that we're wasting. So it's just being in the kitchen is really magical, you know, in and of itself. I think it's an ultimate plan, uh, you know, for everybody in the family to learn something. It's right there in the kitchen. We've got another caller on the line. So let's uh, say good morning to Jesse from Mobile. Jesse, you're on the air. Hey, Jesse. Good morning. Now, for your chicken breast, are you using the brick in the oven to also flatten them or just sitting in the pan? Uh, no, I pounded them out and then just put them in the pan uh, to simmer them with the with the chicken broth, but no, with nothing weighting them down. Okay. Secondly, do you do your regular chicken, then a jerk chicken, then a barbecue chicken when you do those, or is it all one flavor for each one? Uh, that's a good idea. I, I, and I, <laughs> but at this time, I just uh, seasoned up all of the – I had like three chicken breasts and seasoned them all the same. But that sounds like a good idea uh, to actually either make tre- separate chicken salads or mix them all together. So, But in this case, I seasoned all the same way. Yeah. Now, do you guys get Silver Queen corn where you are? I've not ever heard of that, Deborah. Have you? No. No. So tell us about that. Okay. Of all the corn varieties, that's going to be the one that's going to be the sweetest. So we get that down here on the Gulf Coast. So if you're ever vacationing or have anyone that's coming from this area headed your way, ask them to pick you up a couple of bags of Silver Queen and you won't be eating any other kind if you have an option. So, so Jesse, is this a variety that's grown there? On uh, so I'm assuming that yeah. you're in the on you'll, the Gulf Coast yeah, Biloxi Mobile it, area. Yeah, you'll find a lot of it in Baldwin County, but that's the variety going way back that you find down here. That's still the predominant. 
Well, so so let me tell you, you know, Kevin and I officially got married this morning, so we're going to take a honeymoon and we're going to drive down there. And so, yeah, we'll get some corn on the way. All right. I heard the, the steak recipe. <laughs> Thank you so much for the call, Jesse. Thank you. Right. Good to hear from you. Thanks, Jesse. Right. Uh, this is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Uh, you know, that's another uh, summertime thing that uh, I think a lot of people enjoy, and that is uh, corn on the cob. Oh, my um, gosh, yeah. And I, I like it, but I got to have the little things you stick in the end of the – because I, I like corn on the cob, but I don't – for whatever reason, I don't – You and I, your messy fingers, right? I don't right? know why that is, but that's – I mean, I, that's why I don't eat the corn at the state fair in, in Jackson every every fall because I don't like getting my hands – I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just me. Uh, well, Kevin, you you should just put your own little picks in your pocket. Well, and, you know, that's a good so, idea. I never yeah, thought about just that. Just go be, be prepared, you know, because it's really great corn. So, you know, I'm I'm truly a country southern girl from my heart. So I've walked on gravel roads and picking up corn in my hand is just not a big deal. So, yeah. But, but one of the best ways that I actually like to cook corn opposed to boiling it instead of using water is, here we go with your three milks, Kevin, is being able to use a little little whole milk and also a little sweet condensed milk. Uh, and then you add your salt, your pepper and your butter and whatever seasoning you want. And you get this really yummy, yummy flavor from your corn on the cob. You know, we talked about the the idea of, of spices and, and, and things like that. And I had mentioned during the break that I did some cleaning in my, uh, my spice cupboard and I uh, had to get rid of some of the stuff that was just way, way old. But the other thing I realized, you know, I, I, Use Mrs. Dash. It's a salt substitute. And I realized I had <laughs> three jars, two unopened <laughs> jars and one jar that was almost empty. So apparently it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I need some of that. And you grab it and then you get home and, oh, well, I've, now I've, so I've got the Mrs. Dash, my supply of Mrs. Dash from now <laughs> until next year. I, I'm good to go. But that's, actually, I do like that because, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to cut down on sodium, high blood pressure and that sort of thing. And so I, I do uh, enjoy that. And I think it's a good flavor. And there's a number of different varieties. I like just kind of the, the basic one. But to me, uh, it works quite well when uh, when you're cooking. So a great way, again, to stay away from those salt-based products, even in, you know, we like Mrs. Dash because she's low in sodium, Kevin, but it's keeping limes and lemons and uh, chives and uh, onions in your house, garlic, and you can just, you know, finely grade these items and you get the freshness in your meal, but you also get that salty taste that you're looking for. You want to make sure that you grind that uh, your the zest of your limes and lemons really, really fine, and it gives you that really high uh, peak that you're looking for in flavor and you get to avoid all the sodium i'll say that too i mean when you zest a lime or lemon again we talked about intense flavors that that certainly does the trick let's take one final break this hour looks like we've got a call coming in we'll get to that call and we'd like to get to your call as well at one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four we'll be back with more of the show after this If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. And welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. 
We're talking today about summertime food. What do you like to eat and cook during the summertime? You uh, still time to join our conversation with a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send any wedding gifts in care of the station, and Deborah and I will will get them when they mail in there. So Java made it official with the wedding march. There as our last break. I don't think I've laughed this hard since two thousand thirteen. Are you serious? That is hilarious, Java. You are too funny. All right, got some uh, phone calls to get to. We'll start again in Mobile. Mikey is on the line. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, Mikey. Hey. Oh, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. you. Sir. And um, I think what best wishes to the bride, right? Right. Well, I finally got my guy, right? <laughs> I want a piece of that three milk cake, by the way. Girl, look. Uh, and, and thank you also for the cookie jar rub tip, uh, you know, spice combined tip. That is a... I had not thought of that before. I will be using it. Um, uh, okay. I, I've got a, a question. I had talked with you before, Miss um, Honey, about having an allergic reaction to bell peppers, which, you know, I mean, this is the time of year you don't, especially don't want to have that. But for some reason, I had a friend who uh, generously gave me a salad, spinach salad-based, uh, that had bell peppers in it. And I didn't realize until I got to the bottom of it that I had already eaten quite a few bell peppers, but I had no effects. And I, I called and I said, where did you get these bell peppers? I want to know, you know. And uh, she had gotten it from a, uh, a, a, a local farm stand. So that, I think, right there is putting me on the hunt for it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe it is the... Uh, the wax coating that is necessary uh, in a lot of uh, more commercial venues uh, to keep peppers from shrinking and uh, uh, spoiling and, and stuff like that. But maybe that's my reaction because I, I tried it again. Oh, and I am. I, I went, well, maybe this doesn't work. So I tried it again two or three times, and lo and behold, hey, I could eat those bell peppers. Well, you're absolutely right. A lot of food allergies, and it's, you know, over the last 10 or 15 years, you hear more people talking about, you know, the increase in food allergies, but our foods are being processed from uh, farm to table for commercial purposes. Uh, you know, the grocery stores require certain aesthetics, certain sizes, you know, and so, you know, you want this really pretty food because they can't, they don't want to buy food and then have to throw it away in three days. So what happens is they do have a lot of wax coatings, a lot of GMOs, and a lot of things to preserve them that really may cause allergies. That's why it's so important to support your local farmers at the farmer's markets. Uh, They are, you know, very meticulous about making sure that what you get from farm to table is fresher and healthier. So just know that we love our farmers and we want to be able to support them that way. All right, uh, Mikey, thanks for your call. Good to hear from you. Let's uh, move on next. We've got uh, Marsha in Jackson. Good morning, Marsha. Hey, Marsha. Good morning. Hey, good morning. First of all, food tastes better if it comes from the farmer's market. I swear it does. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the second thing is, is this, this is not really an eating suggestion, but you were talking about kids getting involved in the kitchen. I'll tell you what my mama used to do with us when we were little. When she was fixing the turkey or a whole chicken, she'd get the bag of giblets. Mm-hmm. And she would show us the heart, and she'd show us the gizzard, and she'd show us whatever, probably the liver or something, and she'd explain how they worked. And she'd actually get the heart, and she'd show the little vessels, and she'd pump the 
thing, and then the gizzard, she'd show us where they put the little pebble. It was really interesting. We got a biology list. Hmm. Exactly, exactly. And, I, you yeah. know, it's it's a wonderful way to teach your children, and I've said this before, math, science, history, and Oh, world yeah. and world culture is a great way to teach them literature and and you know languages so uh, being in the kitchen really is an amazing gift for education for love for family f- you know just being able to spend time and those are memories that oh, you will never forget absolutely marsha exactly we will not and I was probably the only seven-year-old that knew what a gizzard was <laughs> <laughs> and what it was used for. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, y'all take care and congratulations. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Marcia. Thanks, Marsha, for the call. Looks like we got another caller on the line, and it's uh, Bobby's called in from, from Texas. Bobby, hey. good morning. Hey, Bobby, good, good morning. morning. <laughs> oh, I tuned in a little late this morning. And I heard Deborah say that she finally got her guy. So what is that in reference to? Look, I was teasing Kevin this morning, Bobby. Don't worry, oh. I'm still, I'm still single. Uh, but what happened is Kevin brought in the most amazing cake this morning, and okay. uh, and so instead of just proposing to him, I just told him it's official. We marry uh. now. <laughs> oh, I thought you got gotten engaged. Or and, uh, I do enjoy you guys' show. I listen every time I come down through here on a Monday. All right. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Good to hear from <laughs> you, Bobby. Right. Thanks for calling Bye-bye. in. Bye. I've uh, got a couple minutes left. One thing uh, that uh, uh, the idea of preparing a meal and maybe some tips to make sure that uh, menu preparation goes well. And I know uh, from using the the food services, the Blue Aprons of the world, uh, I like the way that, you know, that gives you a recipe card and it's really good that it's step by step. But when I first started, a lot of times if I was doing them sort of in order that they did it, that things weren't coming out like something would either have to sit for a while and not be as hot as I needed it to be. So what I've learned to do is a couple of things is, first of all, if you a menu or if you're having a recipe, I would read through it several times, make sure you understand you know, what it is and what you have to do, that sort of thing. Also, though, I always like to go ahead and chop up all of my – do all my food preparation at the very beginning of the process – uh, even if you're going to chop something up and not maybe use it for a couple of steps in the recipe, to me, it, it's better to have it all kind of done when you begin with because sometimes that can maybe slow you down. Um, and so if it's all done at the beginning, it's ready to go. Also, that gives you time for – one of the worst things I do is I don't give the oven enough time to preheat or I don't give a skillet enough time to heat up. And so I, what I've learned to do is turn that on sort of at the beginning, then do all your preparation work. So then when you need – a skillet that's supposed to be warm, it actually is. And, you know, then that way cooking times that they recommend are better and more accurate, that sort of thing. What What are your tips for maybe good meal preparation? Well, one of the things that you just did, Kevin, was you you just gave your child uh, the opportunity to learn free thinking. That's number one. And you've also taught them about being prepared. And so you're absolutely right. It's those things that you learn as you go in the kitchen. And that's why it's so important to bring your children in because to imagine that you've gone through a process and now you've got to figure it out what works best for you, not just in the kitchen, but in life. And so a- absolutely. And being prepared, you know, all, for me, it's always, um, I want to always make sure that everything is pre-prepared. All my chopping is done before you start. So again, like I said, you've, you're teaching your children 
how to be free thinkers, and that's absolutely incredible. And speaking of free thinking, Kevin, I'd like to invite everybody that's listening out next uh, Friday uh, on the 9th, I'm sorry, on the 8th to uh, MPB. Come and join us. We're having our book signing here, My Delicious Mississippi Life. Mm-hmm. Cookbook is, uh, yay, we're here. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, very good. So that's Friday, June 8th. 8th. At what time? From 12 to about 4 o'clock in the evening. We'll be hanging out uh, in the uh, lobby here, Kevin, okay. and I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to say that we debuted on Kindle in the top uh, 100 as new releases. You can find us on Amazon and also at Barnes & Nobles. All right. You know, another thing that I like about uh, your cooking is that you use such bright colors. And so, again, during the summertime, and we're almost out of time, so maybe a quick thought on this, but, you know, add those fresh colors uh, to your summertime meals to make the visual as appealing as the taste. Absolutely. It's uh, it's going to the farmer's market and getting your fresh, you know, peppers and onions and tomatoes all the, and the garden is full of so many beautiful bright colors when you go through the drive-through usually everything is kind of a, a tan and a beige <laughs> color i mean you know seriously so you really want to be able to introduce especially during the summertime your children to as much freshness as possible it helps to stimulate those brain cells give them energy so that they'll be happy healthy children and as i say that bright color really does make a a, a menu pop out there and again give you that visual appeal as well as the good taste That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.